This episode of the OP Radio Podcast, sponsored by Fume, the number one natural solution for kicking nicotine cravings with over 25,000 customers served. You want to stop smoking, vaping, and get rid of those nicotine cravings? Well, go to Fume Essential. That's F-U-M, fumeessential.com. Use the promo code O-P-O-P-I-E. They also have benefits for non-smokers. Fumeessential.com, promo code OPI. I love the people. What, what happened to the flu? What happened to the flu? Answer me that. <laughs> I think what we're learning is that if you keep your hands clean, you wear a mask, and you stay the fuck away from people, you stay healthier. This is the first time in my life I went a year without getting a sniffle. Well, maybe a couple sniffles, but nothing. That's where the flu went. As we were protecting ourselves from the coronavirus, we were also protecting ourselves from the flu. <laughs> Jesus. Use your fucking brain, man. So how is everybody this morning? I had to start early because uh, that sunrise over the ocean is just glorious. My God. Especially on the Facebook and the YouTube. Sorry, Instagram. They give me that skinny, that skinny view. What can I do with the skinny view that Instagram gives me? Well, that's where all the kids are and all the uh, influencers. If you want to be someone, you got to pump up your Instagram because you, you want to be an influencer. You want them to send you their creams and elixirs. And then you put it on on your Instagram stories. Oh, I really like this cream. I think you should buy it too. Who are you? Why am I listening to you? Gary Krasinski, we're looking at the same sunrise, man. Yes, we are. I'm standing here thinking about plunging like 30 floors like little Jimmy, Jason C. Oh, my God. If you do that, just make sure there's no one below you, please. If you want to go dark this morning, man, when you live in New York City, people jump from uh, the, the high floors uh, more, more often than not. And sadly, they're selfish. They're taking out their, um, you know, they're, they're killing themselves. And uh, there are a lot of times that all of a sudden you're just minding your business, walking down the sidewalk, and you, you get killed from somebody jumping out a window above you. There were two horrific ones, man. We were working at, uh, wow, I don't know. Was it WNEW? It might have been. So this goes way, way back. And someone jumped uh, above the Harley-Davidson Cafe. Yes, that's what it was. And we got word, so some of us, some of the staff went down to check out the aftermath, and woo, you, you don't want to see the aftermath of someone jumping from a high floor in New York City. It, it, looked like, uh, it looked like sidewalk pizza, basically. And supposedly, the story goes, I haven't told this in many years, but I believe there was a lady or a man, I guess those are the only choices, right? Oh, whoa, 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 slow down, oh, slow down. This ain't the 90s anymore. There's a lot more choices. Guys, I come from a time there were only two choices. Is that crazy? We only had three channels on TV and we only had two choices. That's it. 
<laughs> Speaking of which, oh my god, I'll, I'll I'll break all this together, but my mind, I got too many things popping in right now. I saw a meme on my Facebook group. We got the Pod Squad Facebook group, and uh, then we got the private Facebook group that I don't really promote. If people find it, great, but we have a nice little group in there. And uh, there's a lot of controversy, and you can't even talk about this because if you even if you talk about this, they they just want to cancel you. But they're arguing whether like transgenders should be able to compete in sports um, as women. And there's a lot of arguments going back and forth. And uh, I don't feel like making these arguments today. There was a meme on my Facebook group <laughs> that, uh, how, how did it go? It was, uh, okay, so the picture is a guy on a motorcycle. And behind him is a whole bunch of guys on bikes. And, uh, <laughs> and basically it said uh i identify as a bicyclist as he's on a motorcycle i laughed so hard because it kind of it kind of makes the argument you can't identify as a motorcycle why not and he's in all these bike races and he's winning all the bike races even though he's on a motorcycle but he identifies as a bicyclist i thought that was brilliant most memes i hate that one tickled my fancy Oh, this is what I was want to say. So, either a woman or uh, a man was on the sidewalk, and this guy's body, just before it hit the sidewalk, kind of hit his shoulder. It brushed his shoulder and then splattered right next to him. He was inches away from being taken out by the guy from above. And then the I, I and then the worst one ever. It still haunts me to this day. Uh, it's dark. It's a dark one, boys and girls. I don't know. I don't know if we should go dark with the sun coming up over the ocean. I don't know. Meal ticket underscore Mike. He wants me to go dark. All right. So I'm going to go dark. So earmuffs. Earmuffs for the people that don't want to hear this first thing in the morning. There was a couple that was having problems. And this was, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, four or five blocks from where I live in New York City, maybe. They were having those problems, and there was a kid involved. There was a weird custody battle going on. You can look this one up. This one is just fucking horrific. And so uh, it got so bad that uh, I guess it was the father. The kid was dropped. Uh, uh, I'm going to just do this fast because I really, really. All right. I have to now. So uh, I guess the wife drops off the kid. The kid's still in his pajamas. Uh, drops uh, the kid off with the father. The father goes up to the roof with the kid still in his pajamas. Uh, holds on to the kid and jumps with the kid to teach the wife a lesson. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry fucking Christmas. You can look that story up. To this day, it brings uh, tears to a lot of people's eyes when they think about it in my neighborhood uh, there in New York City absolutely horrific i don't even know how many years now that could be uh that could be a good 10 years by now <laughs> jesus hey that's why i love this hey Ope, have you seen michael buble eating corn on the cob the long way looked very natural for him <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta be careful i eat certain foods i think <laughs> 
Who he scored on the Cobb Logway? Come on, Jason. You have to be a comedy writer. There's no way. I've never seen a person in my life eat corn on the cob the long way. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite moments was the, the time that uh, we discovered that Michael Buble has a bit of a speech impediment. And that's coming from me. Let's just get it out of the open. He has a rough time with words that uh, have the ST in it. And uh, what, what's the song he has? Uh, I got the world on a string, and he, he, I got a world, I got the world on a string, and he's like crooning like Sinatra and Dick Hames, and uh, I can name a few of these because of my dad, you know that by now. And he's supposed to be bringing back the old school crooners, and he's singing, "I got the world on a string." We played it for Bert Kreischer. He laughed himself silly. Once you hear it. You will not be able to unhear it. I love Boop. Dude, every time I go through a breakup, that means it's Pino Grigio and Michael Buble. That means, you're, get through. that means you're a fan of the ST uh, speech impediment. What's that? He's got a speech impediment? Uh, Eric's getting all mad at me. What happened? Because they, they had a huge segment where they destroyed him for having a speech impediment during a Christmas <laughs> You did? Yes. Buble? <laughs> yeah. yeah maybe he wouldn't like the show up. <laughs> What, what was the one song? World on a string. I got the world on a string. String. I, Shut up. I'll find oh, the song. Oh, when you hear it, Bert, you'll never unhear it. But you, uh, I'll find the song. Oh, Bert, let me fucking turn you on to let something. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. I'll find the song. I've got the world on a string. <laughs> <laughs> Be real. <laughs> and now I'm learning that he eats his corn on the cob long ways. I mean, I, I, I even break off the banana piece by piece. You got to be careful with that stuff because there's savages out there. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, Bill Marchant's going to really make the story I just told her because he looked it up. Damn it, Ope. December 23rd, 2013. So I said about 10 years ago. It's, uh, it's about uh, 7... Seven and change. Merry effing Christmas. So when I said Merry effing Christmas, I guess subconsciously I knew that uh, I knew it was around Christmas time. Yeah. So there you go. A couple of days before Christmas, uh, this this uh, lovely person decides to take out his son who's wearing PJs to teach a lesson to his uh, estranged wife, girlfriend, whatever the hell it was. I'm sorry. I think that's the first time we've gone really, really dark on the live stream, right? Oh, my God, another guy. I'm not stern. I should stop. Thank God I'm not stern. Ooh, I would not want to be stern at for, for a moment. That guy is uh, downright um, miserable. He's got all the money in the world. He, uh, I think what makes him miserable, to be honest with you, Howard Stern, he, uh, he's never worked on his ego. The ego is a very, very dangerous thing that we all have to deal with. Unless you don't want to, and that's fine, too. You can just skip through life and, and just feed that ego. Uh, we're good at that. That's a very easy thing to do. But um, Stern, like, he tries to say he's a meditator and he, and he does a lot of uh, therapy. But that guy is completely miserable because he never, he never really learned to live in the moment and, and uh, live his uh, true self. He doesn't know what his true self is or maybe he's scared of it. Uh, he's close to a billionaire, and that guy, trust me, is miserable 
every single day of his life. And he's sitting there at Sirius XM. Yeah, he signed another deal, and it's another $80 million that's not going to make him a bit more happy. There you go. All the hearts. There's a lot of people that understand this shit. And, uh, and now he has to watch his audience slowly but surely dwindle, and it's driving him nuts. He's like, why am I not as popular as I used to be? And it's eating him alive. Because guess what? That fame, oh, and I'm here to tell you, that fame eventually goes away. And then what do you got left? What do you got left at that point? I think for him, he doesn't got much after it all leaves. He, he never figured out how to enjoy himself when he wasn't on the radio. I do not want to be stern. Oh, my God. Never did. Dude, all I had to do was behave at SiriusXM. And I would still be making millions of dollars. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do it in that way. All I had to do was behave. And trust me, some of the people around me were like, could you please just behave? <laughs> I was like, I, I don't want to. I'm not happy here. Yeah, but the money. So? I, I, I lived most of my life uh, with uh, not much money. And I, I could easily argue that I might have been happier. I mean, you got if, if you take the wife and the kids out of the equation, then I would say uh, there were many, many years where I was making no money that I was absolutely happier than than making a lot of money. Uh, Yak Sipper. Yak Sipper says, I'm not a fake account. All right. This is off the YouTube. I'm a fan. Do some real broadcasting like you know how to do. There's nowhere to go <clears throat> to do traditional uh, broadcasting anymore. I've had offers all over the fucking place. Um, a little bit of an exaggeration, but I, I had an uh, opportunity to try out to to be on WEEI in Boston in mornings. And then they went with Greg Hill because I blew off the guy. He was begging me to just come up and try it. But I was like, I can't move to Boston. And then he's like, well, you can, as long as you're up here two or three days a week. And I'm like, I, 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 got, I, I don't want to do all that anymore. And I, I love Boston. So I said no to that. Uh, then I, uh, what else? Oh, uh, then it was WABC in New York. They tried to get me to be the morning guy after Imus a couple times. Um, and the money was terrible. And then they called me again after they got uh, Bernie and Sid, who I hear do a good job. I, I haven't heard them, to be honest, but uh, I've heard they do a, a decent job. And then they wanted me for middays after Bernie and Sid. And the guy calls, this guy Chad, you can look him up. He's over there. You can call him even. He'll probably admit it because he probably wants me still. And he goes, oh, I just need you middays, three, maybe four days a week. You don't have to come into the station. Uh, and then I started thinking, all right, it might be a good way to promote the podcast and get the numbers up because I'm always trying to figure out how to get the numbers up on the podcast. And I know Carl at the time really wanted to do it. I'm like, all right. So we started thinking about it because he made it really easy. He says, I'll even give you some action in, in your home so you can just turn it on if you don't even feel like coming in. I'm like, all right, okay, I'm thinking. And then he goes, oh, one other thing, I can't pay you. I'm like, what What has happened to my business? And basically, he wanted me to, uh, it's called a revenue share. And then my agent uh, looked up the revenue share or the revenue they were bringing in for middays, and it was, it was not even $100,000. Now, slow down, slow down. It wasn't even $100,000. Let's say it was $100,000. I think they were offering me half of that. So then it would be $50,000. And then on top of that, I would have to obviously pay Carl and probably Vic and Sherrod and whoever else helps out because I, I try to do the right thing. There was no money in it. I'm like, Chad, I can't do this. 
And then um, there was a alternative rock station. I don't even know if they're still in New York because uh, I truly just don't listen to to regular radio. It's mostly podcasts in the car and Google Music and YouTube Music. They have wonderful playlists. But um, uh, the alternative rock station in New York, um, I was on the short list to, to do mornings over there. And then we started sniffing around and there was no money there either. So, God, this is long. I'm sorry. But uh, that guy got me going. So basically, there's nowhere to go to do traditional broadcasting anymore. And I think the podcast world is good, but it's oversaturated. I think um, what's missing in the podcast world is uh, the the feel of live broadcasting, live radio. So that's why I, I have been focusing on the live streams because it's live. Some asshole could get me fired up and then I go off. You know, the old, uh, you never know what you're going to hear. And then I, I put my best stuff on my podcast. So I really don't think it's out there. Sirius XM is dying. They put all their eggs in the old Howard Stern fucking wig. When he's gone and done, they, they didn't set themselves up for the future. They still got to launch fucking satellites into space in 2021. And I could just turn on an iPad and some asshole could just make fun of me in, in Australia. How does it make sense to put satellites on rockets still? Swallow your pride and call Anne already. You, do you understand what type of person Anthony has become, Mark? Sw swallow what pride? Why do I have to swallow my pride? Didn't you listen to my rant about egos, you dope? That would be feeding my ego. I have no desire to work with Anthony. He became a very, very different person. He does very, very different radio than uh, we used to do. Although it was heading in that direction very, very quickly at the end of the Opie and Anthony run. You, you don't. You don't follow the story. You're not paying attention. The Opie and Anthony show that uh, I, uh, I I didn't really love doing for a lot of those years, but uh, I, I'm proud of, that, that version of the show is long gone. Swallow my pride. I, I want to do this and continue being happy. Swallow my pride. <laughs> oh, my God. I think because I'm a proud human being is the reason why I, I have no desire to do that. You do you realize he focuses on a lot of race stuff, right? I'm not that guy. I never was. He really focuses on it. He obsesses about it. There's nothing fun in that for me. It's always the same question. Well, it just means you, you did something very, very successful in your career. I, 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 I understand where it's coming from, but it's... Uh, it's not based in uh, reality. I think people, I think people in their own heads remember something, and uh, that's good. I hope they remember the really good times when the show was uh, running on all cylinders, and they just assume that it would be just so easy to just go right back to that point, and that's just not the case. I want to say hi to Fume. That's F U M. Fume is the number one natural solution for kicking nicotine cravings. So if you're trying to stop smoking. Listen up. Fume, F-U-M, is a natural wooden inhaler, and it uses these cores, which are infused with the world's super plants, to combat smoking, vaping, and nicotine cravings. It's great for replacement therapy, you know, replacing that hand-to-mouth action. 
They got these conquer cores. The the cores are basically the the thing you put into the fume to help you stop smoking, just so you know, all right? The conquer core kicks smoking butts by fighting nicotine cravings with black pepper, promoting better breathing with peppermint and eucalyptus, and reducing stress with lavender and cinnamon. And here's some of the key distinguishers. Non-addictive, chemical-free, natural, not a vape, by the way. Manufactured and sustainably produced in Calgary. And, uh, yeah, it's made of uh, Canadian maple, the fume, F-U-M, the natural wooden inhaler. And then, of course, they got these cores. They're really nice. I'm not even a smoker, by the way, and I've been trying the fume, and I really, really like it. Beyond just quitting smoking, fume also has cores designed for relaxation, improved focus, and improving physical performance. Hopefully, I piqued your interest. If I did, use the promo code OPIE, O-P-I-E, or click the link in the show notes to save 10% at fumeessential.com. That's F-U-M-Essential.com, fumeessential.com, and start creating positive habits. Once again, that's fumeessential.com. Use the promo code OPIE, O-P-I-E. That's fumeessential.com. Steve Blake, what's up with you and Ronnie B? And also, what do you do every day that reminds you of Carl? I think of him every damn day. Steve Blake. Um, I also think of Carl almost every day. I think about uh, what a loss. What a loss for me personally to be selfish and what a loss for the world because he was so damn entertaining and he was on his way to becoming a massive TV star on the Food Network or somewhere else. I think during the day, those dumb-ass simple things is what makes me think of Carl when I'm attempting to cook something, especially from HelloFresh.com slash 10 Opie, promo code 10 Opie for 10 free meals. When I'm uh, doing a little cooking, I think of, uh, of, of Carl, but just real basic, simple shit. I'll go through life and I'll see something. I'll go, oh my God, me and... Carl would have laughed ourselves silly over this nonsense. Uh, that that guy, man, I haven't said it in a while, but um, I've had to learn a lot about myself and dip into some of that spirituality and stuff. And you learn about uh, living in the moment, which is really, really important. Uh, a lot of people obsess about the past. A lot of people obsess about the, the future. You can't, you can't do anything about your past, and you can't do anything about your future. You could try. You could try to set yourself up nice for your future, but there's no guarantees. The only thing that really matters is uh, right here, right now, right here, right now, and living in the moment. And uh, I really believe that's what that whole Ruizing thing was with Carl. A lot of people like to just dismiss it as uh, just partying your ass off. But that guy understood living in the fucking moment. Every day was an adventure with Carl. Every single day. And I, I try to take that with me. I try to make every day a little special. And even if it's some dumb, mundane thing like walking this beach with my dog after the live stream, I take it all in. And now there's like chicken sandwich wars. And I think about Carl like, oh, God, Carl would have been all over this shit. I don't even know which uh, chicken sandwich Carl liked. And now there's so many other people jumping on the bandwagon wagon and getting their chicken sandwiches together. I personally like the, the Wendy's one. Uh, Drew Russell, Opie, pardon me for this, but are you going through an existential crisis? From time to time, I certainly do, Drew. 
I think if you're a human being from time to time, you go through those exis- existential, excuse me, uh, crisis, crisis, is, is that one of those words that never end? Crisis is, is, I'm going through one of those crises. <laughs> Popeyes is the bomb. Hell yeah. <clears throat> I learned how to make a, a, a chicken sandwich from that stupid uh, Good Morning America. There's terrible TV. One of them is Good Morning America. It's absolutely terrible. It's a fluff piece show, as you know, and all they do is laugh at each other for the whole hour. And then you sit there like, what are they laughing at? You don't even know what they're laughing at. And it's just fluff and garbage and boring. And those guys are all big stars that make stupid money. You want to talk about having no substance. And then that, uh, is it Regis and Kelly or Kelly and Kathy Lee or uh, Gelman and fucking uh, Ryan? Uh, what, what's the name of that show now? Uh, Kelly and Ryan or Ryan and Kelly? Kelly and Ryan, right? That show stinks. And I know they're making like 10, 20 million dollars a year each. Oh, it's awful. But I had uh, Good Morning America on the other day. I don't know why. Uh, maybe because I was sick of hearing about uh, uh, Trump and Biden and Cuomo and fucking the rest of them. So I'm like, I, got, I need something light. And then I learned something about making a, uh, a chicken sandwich. So you know when you when you put your batter together, which is like what flour and some spices and stuff in a bowl, right? And you got your chicken parts on the side, whatever you like. Some would like using the thigh. I like the white meat. Carl thought I was crazy because he said the dark meat on a chicken is way better than the white meat. He never got me to that point, unfortunately. But um, but although the the chicken parts, uh, the dark meat that he cooked up, oh my god, delicious every time. But anyway, so you got your chicken, you got your egg white. And then you got your batter, which is like a little cayenne and whatever you put in it, you know, the flour, whatnot. Here's the secret that I learned from Good Morning America. My goodness. In your, in your batter with the flour and the, ca- uh, the cayenne and all that, you, you put some tablespoons of water in there. So it's a bit clumpy. So then when you dip your chicken in the egg white and then you dip it in the flour mixture with the, the water you put in there. So it's a little clumpy. Now you get some clumpiness on the chicken. And that fries up nice and gives you some nice pops of, uh, uh, of of goodness, I should say. I love that Family Guy joke. Yes, yes, where the show, where they show the View and they're all cackling chickens. Oh my God, I was talking about the View yesterday too. So, yeah, now we're all stuck at home, so I'm watching shit I would never watch. And uh, Megan McCain, uh, she was on there. She looked completely mentally insane and she had this like creepy if you're gonna put that blue eyeshadow on you better know make sure you know what the hell you're doing because that can make you look insane (laughs) and then i was thinking to myself if you uh if you're a conservative if you're a republican you are set up to fail on the view so that's got to be a nightmare work environment for someone like megan mccain i'm not talking politics right now i really i know you guys are going to drag me in someone's going to yell cuomo say something about cuomo cuomo is not looking good these days there's some interesting things happening with the cuomo so there you go i gave you a little taste but um 
I was thinking that poor Megan McCain, I, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with her politics, but I'm sure I agree with some of them if I really sat down and thought about it. But I saw her and she had this angry look on her face with this blue eyeshadow that was making her look insane. And I turned to my wife, I go, this view is, is it, it's set up where if you're a conservative or a Republican, your day is a nightmare on TV because you got everybody else is pretty much against you. You're you're the token uh, Republican slash conservative for the show. I think that's how it works, unless they tried to bounce it out in, in recent years. I don't know. I just know I can't watch the whoopee because I know she's full of shit. And it goes back to the Imus thing again where she didn't stick up for Imus when she knows uh, about comedy. I mean, God, she let her own man uh, uh, wear blackface. And then she's high and mighty about what uh, Imus did. And we actually had her on the show. I lost all respect for her at that point. But I guess she picked, I guess she picked uh, being an African-American over being a comedian. I think that's what it uh, broke down to at that, at that point. Uh, comedian, she, she, she should understand comedy. She should understand that the job of a comedian, uh, not that Imus was officially a comedian, but he was a guy that certainly knew how to be funny on the radio and certainly knew where the line was. And Whoopi should know this. Why am I doing this rap 10 years later? Oh, God. But uh, it's the job of the comedian to find where the line is and jump the fuck over it. As long as it's funny, or at least uh, you're attempting to be funny. Joseph Slavish, I can't stand Tommy Laren, but she's so effing hot. Ha, ha, ha. She's sort of hot. That's the problem with her. She's sort of hot. And when her looks go away, she's going to realize she's got nothing. But she's got a massive following. Oh, my God. If she looked like, uh, see, you got to be kind of careful here. If she looked like Roseanne. Yeah, let's go with Roseanne. No, Roseanne has substance, though. She at least could uh, debate the topics at hand without just basic uh, talking points. Oh, Vincent Scaramuzzo listened to Rob Bartlett on my podcast. I should have never apologized. If he told them to screw off, it would have been a non-story, 100%. I had to tell my own bosses over the years in radio, just ignore them. They will go away. I call it the circus. Cancel culture is the circus. Basically, the, the, the circus comes to your town and sets up for a bit, right? But then they got to move on to the next town. And that's what cancel culture does. They sniff around the internet all day long trying to go after somebody. They try to find a target. They go after that target. And if you keep your mouth shut and turn off your social media, they go away. They find the next person. They're just a traveling circus. So if Imus would have uh, done that, but I'm sure he was getting pressure from above, if he would have just kept his mouth shut and basically said, I'm not apologizing and try to move on the best he could, that cancel culture slash circus would have moved on to somebody else. And Rob Bartlett uh, said that beautifully on um, an episode of the Opie Radio podcast. He said it perfectly. He said that Rush Limbaugh said way worse than Don Imus. But the beauty of Rush Limbaugh, yes, I said the beauty, and a lot of people are uh, out there, they don't like the Rush Limbaugh, but the beauty of Rush Limbaugh was he stuck to his guns, and he never really apologized. I think he apologized for one thing, 
But with all the things he has said in his radio career, uh, uh, most of them were way worse than what Imus did that day. But Whoopi, uh, Whoopi, stupid Whoopi. She threw her own industry under under the bus with that Imus thing. The view equals yammering bitches. I only watched for, it couldn't have been more than two or three minutes. And I was obsessed with Megan McCain looking like she was completely insane with her blue eye shadow. These are the things I pick up on. <laughs> so dumb. MacLife405 on the Instagram. Remember when Opie threw the poker chips? I remember that fondly. I was really mad that she brought in junk gifts for us at the at the time. Look up that bit on the uh, on the internet. <laughs> People thought I was a monster, but I was looking at these poker chips. I'm like, you you got these from a garage sale. You probably got them on the way to the studio as an excuse to come see us, because you know we are rock stars on the radio. And I didn't I didn't want to put up with it. I bet you she'd spent two dollars and seventy eight cents on those poker chips. Uh, give Opie the chip. Look, I'm just thinking. I like him. I really do. But I'm thinking maybe somebody else could use him more than I. Could. I'd be more than happy to take so, him and throw him in the trash for you. No, I, I'm not going to throw him in the trash. But perhaps somebody could use him more. Than I'll take them back, Anthony. Just give them to me. Tell her. She's yelling. Tell her. I'm trying to be nice. What do you mean? Somebody? Why am I being you yelled at? You play Texas Hold'em. Why can't you use those? Well. They're just not quite the type of uh, equipment I like playing with. What kind of you like playing with? They're chips and cards. Well, different cards and different chips. Yeah. People play with different types of things. Yes, sir? I'll pass it back to right. Could you just, Opie, oh, give those to her? And, uh. That's heavy. Oh, my God! Opie!
Oh. Well, enjoy picking up your poker chips. Oh. Um, thank you. <laughs> you guys can finish your show and talk about me and do whatever you want. I don't care. All right. There she goes. Bye, guys. Wait, Have wait. fun. Just walk in. Wait, can you take these? Hope you don't realize that ONA is going to blow up again with the uh, younger generation. I, I realize that. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to embrace my history, but when it's all said and done, Opie and Anthony don't. That doesn't define my life. Proud of it. Uh, I wish things were different, um, but I don't know. You want to be Jeff Bezos rich? ONA reunion. Boom. The ONA podcast. Tony C. My God, that sounds absolutely uh, horrifying. I guess most of you guys are motivated by money, I'm starting to think, huh? Because you, you look at something like that and you go, why wouldn't he do it? The amount of money he can make to do that, why? He must be mentally ill. He must be just like his mom because he's saying no to millions of dollars. I can't understand that. Opie, seriously, one podcast a month. I tried that. I tried that. I figured it out. I absolutely figured it out. But then the psycho that was my co-host for all those years decided he had a hate on me again. I figured it out. We were moving in different directions at the end of the Opie and Anthony run. He was already building a home studio that didn't include me. The writing was on the wall. He could say things differently, but I know he was building a state-of-the-art studio in his basement of his house on Long Island. And it didn't include me, you idiots. Do your research. So either way, he was moving on. I mean, it's brilliant, though, the, to then get fired and then, uh, you know, uh, have everybody turn on me because I didn't leave. The writing was on the wall. He was already moving in a different direction. And I, too, was moving in a different direction. And then... I figured it out because we couldn't stand looking at each other every day, but we had great chemistry. So what did the kid do? He was starting a new show with guys he really liked, and those guys would be Vic Henley and Carl and Sherrod and DeStefano and, and even back then before he turned into a lunatic, Rich Voss and others. And uh, I'm like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call Anthony up. And uh, the, the, the call went beautifully. And then we had five or six of those calls. They went beautifully. And I'm thinking this is the way we can keep the Opie and Anthony brand going. And we don't have to see each other every day because we can't stand seeing each other. It was perfect. And then uh, they jumped ahead on their end and they wanted me to join over there. And I was like, I, it's not right. The situation's not right for all the reasons I just mentioned. We couldn't stand being in the same room with each other. That's why. Uh, it's been six and a half years since I've even seen Anthony in person, but I did all that. Those phone calls were perfect. We do our chemistry thing hour at a time and we don't have to see each other, but because I didn't join him, then he went back into the hating mode and, uh, it, it, it has never stopped since then. I know Brian Bernard. Wow. I've never heard this before. I know. The ONA breakup was as real as the moon landing. Um, I don't know what you're getting at there. You do. I do find it weird that we never went back to the moon after our last mission. I do find that strange. Not going to lie to you. 
But I'm here to say I completely believe we uh, landed on the moon uh, numerous times. I personally think, well, this was a crazy, I make fun of QAnon and all that, but I went down a rabbit hole on the YouTube. I forgot the guy's name. And he's convinced that uh, the astronauts saw some crazy ass shit on the moon, saw some alien base, and the aliens basically told us never to come back. And they brought that info back to America. And that's why we haven't been back to the moon. <laughs> and the guy was pretty convincing. <laughs> now I understand why you would storm the Capitol. <laughs> you start watching these videos and they're very convincing. <laughs> and then supposedly the guy that was on the dark side of the moon, he was hearing shit. He's like, what the fuck is that? And he was, he was paranoid and panicking about what he was hearing or seeing. And uh, the only thing I'll say is I do find it weird that we haven't been back since, uh, what, uh, the mid-70s, I think, right? 70, somebody with the knowledge, 73, I'm going to say, maybe 74. We haven't been back. I do find that strange. And then all of a sudden, like, we're, we're getting motivated to be in space again. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, the moon. You know, because I think it would be just cool to have a base on the moon. I think that would be very – 74, thank you. I think it would be very cool to have a base on the moon. And then you could have like, I don't know, like a, a Pringles logo or something. So you can make stupid money as everyone's checking out. Oh, look, look, they, they got a video camera on the moon. I'm going to check it out. You know, I think that would be something that is easily doable. And now that we're getting excited about space again, what do we do? We're making believe the moon isn't there and we're going to Mars. That makes me suspicious as well. What is it about the moon? And then they try to say, oh, we've already been there. So we want to be somewhere else. Yeah, Pringles, because my kids like uh, Pringles, Todd. Sorry. Um, I just had to get the giant Pringles can. But anyway, uh, and next thing you know, it's like, yeah, 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 I know. The moon, the moon, the moon. And then they go to Mars. I think it would be way cooler if we uh, established a base on the moon. That would be amazing. Where like uh, you know astronauts can live up there like the like the space station, and then yeah maybe once a year they come and get you and then drop off new guys. That is so doable, but we don't want to do that. We want to go to Mars. <laughs> it's really strange, man. You guys did more for comedy than Seinfeld. Fuck yeah, we did. We invented the modern day podcast. You guys know that. When I get, when I got into radio and we got we started getting some fame um, and we started turning into a talk show which started before Anthony it started at, uh, at BAB when I was doing uh, something called the Nighttime Attitude my God you had to listen because he had such an attitude on the radio what is he gonna say that sorry you know they're always uh, they're always giving you comedians and they come through the door and they're in your studio and they're trying to sell tickets for their local gig and I fucking hated all of them except for jim brewer but jim brewer was a was a special a special comedian and we hit it off and we've been friends ever since but most of these guys would come through names you would know and you would go see them in a comedy club and they would be uh, absolutely funny and worth your money but i hated having these guys on the radio because they wanted you to just to set them up so they could get into some of their act for 15 or 20 minutes and sometimes it worked but i was like this is fucking boring i want people to open up I always thought if you're a comedian, that meant you were funny, which isn't the case, by the way. Um, I've studied this for many, many years. There are a lot of comedians that are hilarious on a stage 
but incredibly boring in person. And they're actually not funny people. They know how to be funny on a stage. That's really, really important. Patrice O'Neill, the amount of hilarity that guy wasted not being on a stage, you can't even keep up with it. The guy walked through life being funny every single step. And I would think to myself, like, God, most comedians would kill for this material that he's just throwing away in a hallway because some cute girl walked by or whatever. So my philosophy was really simple. I'm like, I can't do these comedians anymore unless they open up and start just being themselves and talking and being funny and riffing about, you know, what's going on in the news or what have you. So uh, when me and Anthony started developing our show, we had some comics come in in Boston. Same shit. They're just doing their act. And then when we uh, moved to New York, especially, we were like, no more. If you're coming in, you got to just be yourself, be funny, and just hang with us. It I, we we really came up with the podcast hang, and then it, it became obvious that why would you only have one comic in when you can have two or three a day? And radio shows simply weren't doing that. And you fast forward, and yes, I'm patting myself on the back. Me and Anthony and our show, the Opie and Anthony Show, absolutely created the podcast, the comedian podcast concept. But now they're all doing the Opie and Anthony show from 10 years ago. That's the problem. People don't know uh, how to take what they got and then push that forward and make it something even more unique. Rogan was able to do that. Rogan admits it. You guys started. There you go. And I appreciate Rogan saying that. But Rogan's smart. He, he took what we did and he made it his own. I think that's what you have to do with the arts. I think that's exactly what you got to do with the arts, whether you're a, mu a musician, um, a comedian, a broadcaster. You learn from the people that came before you, you develop it, and you make it your own thing. And I think uh, a lot of people fall short of that, especially all the comedians that are doing podcasts right now. By the way, Craig Robinson came in once, and uh, he freaked the fuck out. He was a huge fan of the Opie and Anthony show. And I remember meeting him for the first time going, but you're in the fucking office. And he's like, God, I, I, I love you guys. That always like threw me off when one of these uh, well-known guys came on the show and uh, and they were uh, they were fans. Oh, uh, what's his name from Boston did that to us? Oh, my God, I should remember this guy's name. He said when he was a kid, he listened to me and Anthony on WAAF, the only station that really rocks. Could somebody help me? Boston actor, really famous at this point, uh, played one of those superheroes, not Ben Affleck. I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh at you, Benjamin Tucker. Chris Evans, thank you. Chris Evans, yes. Bob Christie, give yourself a bail and Facebook user. And uh, Larry Jerry wants everybody to know that Jim and Sam have 246 viewers live. I guess I'm supposed to break down and cry. I don't compete with anybody. Just an obsessed hater. He wants me to tie a noose around my neck. Why would I tie a noose around my neck? My my God. Yeah, he was Captain America. There you go. So Chris Evans came in. Um, I forgot what movie he was promoting. Obviously, he was promoting a bad movie because uh, that, that was the other thing about the Opie and Anthony show. We got to talk to a lot of celebrities and the really big timers would only come in when they had a piece of shit to promote. They never came in for their really good roles. It was who gives a shit movies. And, and we would get screener copies. 
And uh, we pride ourselves in not lying in general on the Opie and Anthony show. So we had a we had to find workarounds where we didn't like praise the movie, but we didn't trash the movie. Um, and these guys would come in for their their junk movies. And uh, sorry to say, that's what happened with Chris Evans. And he and he walked in and and we, he was really really cool. Uh, Benjamin Tucker with the ten dollars on the YouTube for the news. Thank you. For the news. God, it's just a stupid radio show that I haven't done, uh, I don't know, uh, pushing almost seven years. And people are obsessed. Just join our, our little group. We have a nice little group. We kind of focus on the present and where we're going. And we try to look back on the past fondly. We try. And then some days we just take a sledgehammer to everything. So Chris Kep, uh, Chris Evans comes in. Um, he's promoting this really crappy movie. Um, I'm like, holy shit, that's Chris Evans. And uh, all of a sudden, he goes, I got to tell you guys, uh, I'm from Boston. He goes, I used to listen to Opie and Anthony on WAF, the only station that really rocks, way before he was famous. I think he was literally a teenager uh, listening to me and Anthony. And he couldn't believe he was meeting us. I'm like, holy fuck, Chris Evans knows who, who we are. And then I'm thinking... Oh, wait. First, uh, Chuck Lynn. Thank you, Chuck. And thanks for everything you do on Twitter for me, Chuck. He just gave me $20 to not buy a noose. Fuck, now what do I do? Now that means I got to give uh, Benjamin Tucker his $10 back. So then I'm thinking, oh, my God, Chris Evans knows who we are. He, uh, he was a fan of ours when he was a youngster up there in Boston. So I think we're going to be friends. And he came in for this movie, and we did a good job for him. Especially when you you know like a, a star like him uh, was actually a fan back in the day. Then we're really trying to push his junk movie because <laughs> at, at that point I I didn't have much of a soul. And I'm thinking, oh my god, I think uh, I'm going to be friends with Chris Evans. He's going to come in for all his superhero movies and all his big hits out there in Hollywood. This is great, the start of something nice. And I'm here to say. Uh, you know, a few years down the road, Chris Evans never came back on the Opie and Anthony show. One and done. Uh, Santa Cruz NP, you need a bigger platform, my dude. People miss your voice for real. Jim and Sam is fine at best, but I still go to YouTube for old clips of ONA. Well, we're um, we're developing the live stream more. And then we got the Opie Radio podcast, which, uh, I don't know, what are we up to? Almost 360 episodes. I'm very, very proud of the uh, the podcast. Very, very proud. I'm doing it my way. I'm having so much fun. Uh, it keeps dramatically changing on me because uh, the focus was to to do um, the podcast with me and Carl Ruiz from the Food Network. And then, you know, he drops dead on me at 42 years old. That's normal. So then I'm like, all right, but I still have my good friend Vic Henley. And Vic does great radio and he's funny and he's got great music knowledge. And he's uh, also a great storyteller. And then he dropped dead on me in his mid fifties. So then I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to shut her down. I'm done. And then I found these five folks on Facebook. I started just doing Facebook live. And I, I said, you know what? Now I want to do it this way. We're reinventing ourselves again. But with all that said, as much as the podcast has dramatically changed over the last few years, uh, I'm proud of pretty much every episode. I think I'm proud of every episode. The YouTube thing ain't cutting it. Over oh, 400 to 2,000 views of video. You have talent, Opie. Get a show of some sort going somewhere. I am Roddy420. You know what? I will continue doing this, my friend. Um, the Facebook live stream, we're starting to push over 10,000 
views for every live stream. And uh, YouTube, i got to be honest with you, man. I had a massive U YouTube uh, channel between filming stuff uh, during the Opie and Anthony years and beyond, and then all my street videos and whatnot. I had a very, very decent YouTube channel, and then I just let it die. And uh, I'm slowly but surely uh, getting the YouTube channel back in order. Uh, but, yeah, I do terrible numbers on YouTube. I mean, it's it's pretty much – it's very embarrassing. I took everything for granted, um, and I should have, like, capitalized on the exposure and uh, the fame I had. But I, I got to a point in my life all that didn't matter anymore. Um, kind of like Patrice, not to compare myself to Patrice, but I kind of just wanted to do it on my terms. And people were really frustrated. When I left Sirius XM, I remember a guy, he goes, will you fucking do something? We're all just going to give up on you and forget you. And I was like, I'm just not ready. I took like I took like eight, nine months off, and I just stared at that ocean for like nine straight months. Thank God uh, I'm into fishing. Thank God. Um, and then um, I, I would turn the Facebook live on every once in a while, and without even trying – I was getting 30, 40,000 views on my Facebook Live, right? Thomas Lincoln with the hold on, hold on, hold on. What took you so long, Thomas Lincoln? <laughs> what took you so long? Uh, by the way, the hold on, hold on t-shirts are now uh, up on opiradio.com. No, I'm not kidding. So anyway, yeah. So when I first got let go at SiriusXM and I didn't know what I was going to do and I knew I needed to take some fucking time. Um, oh my God. Then that goes to the Ron Bennington advice that I might have to give you right now. Uh, anyway, but every once in a while I would throw Facebook on, you know, just to keep my toes in it, but very rarely. And I would get 30 or 40,000 views on my, my Facebook live. And I, I was literally just, uh, sitting on a beach chair, really not saying much of anything. And then all of a sudden I just completely tapped out. And then slowly but surely, I just started uh, doing Facebook Live. Rachel and the, and the people that go way back with me, they know. I just started turning on the Facebook Live again as uh, the sun was coming up in New York City. And I really didn't even feel like talking there. And I just started playing um, episodes of the OP Radio podcast. And slowly but surely, uh, I started building up the Facebook again. Um, I was getting nobody. I mean, nobody watching my live streams in the beginning. And now we, we do almost... No, we're doing over, sometimes over 10,000 on Facebook. And now the same thing is happening with YouTube, long story short, where I'm slowly but surely uh, hopefully rebuilding the YouTube channel. I hope that answers your question. That's a long way to go. I understand. Oh, Ron's advice. So Ron knew, um, he understood all the players. And when Ant got let go, he basically said, you're fucked. He goes, no matter what you do, you're just fucked. I go, yeah, I know, Ron. And uh, he really thought I should just uh, take a year off and uh, regroup for a year. Um, but I was under contract, and I don't feel like getting into all the ins and outs of all that horse shit, and there's a lot to it. It wasn't as easy as just leaving with Anthony, you dopes, you idiots. When SiriusXM uh, let me go, um, we parted ways. I wasn't um, fired. They were trying some nonsense. I can't really talk about it, but I just said, nah, nah, nah. And in the end, they did the right thing. I could say that. Uh, Chilling Chill wants everybody to know that I only have 60 views on YouTube. I just explained that my YouTube channel sucks. But you watch. I'll, I'm going to start growing that damn thing. 
Uh, I leave SiriusXM, and then those. Uh, I, I thought about what Ron said, and I had guys that I really loved doing uh, uh, the show with, and uh, you know, Carl and Sharon and Vic. But even with that, I was like, man, I got I got to tap out. That was a long fucking ride. And I remember Ron's words uh, in the back of my head. And so I, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if Ron pushed me to that point or or is obvious to to myself as well. But then I uh, I pretty much uh, took almost a year off, like nine months or something. And then and then uh, the opportunity to podcast came along, and I fucking hated podcasts. I thought it was stupid, but now the whole world is doing it, and, and it's where everything's going. Oh, back to the the Facebook thing. So when I was getting thirty or forty thousand when I first left SiriusXM. I was sitting there like, oh, this sucks. I used to talk to hundreds of thousands, if not over a million people a week. And now I'm only getting 30 or 40,000 views on my Facebook. I was mad. I'm here to say, fast forward a few years, I would I would cry if I got 30 or 40,000 views on my Facebook. I just took everything for granted. I just assumed that all that would just stay there. And now I'm in the, uh, I'm kind of rebuilding on my terms. And we'll see how far we take this damn thing. My favorite Ronnie B quote is played before Dr. Steve's podcast. Don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> so over the years, I would just say stuff and people would take it seriously. I'm like, I'm just an idiot on the radio. I have, I have no expertise on any of this. I'm just reading newspapers like anybody else. And, and, uh, you know, uh, and uh, surfing, as we used to say, surfing the internet. And then I went on the radio and, and spewed my crap just like anybody else. And I guess because you have a microphone, people assume you're an expert. I actually think you and Ann had a big part in Patrice O'Neill's career. 100%, Michael Long. 100%. I wish they focused on that a little more on the documentary, but I'm not complaining. Uh, I know there was a lot there, and I know um, in the end they did Patrice proud, and his memory will live on because of that documentary. But I'll tell you what Opie and Anthony brought, pretty much uncensored comedy for Patrice O'Neill, who was perfect at that. Because when he went on regular radio, he still crushed it. I mean, there's plenty of examples of him crushing it on regular radio, but he had to be very, very careful. And on our show, he could just say whatever he wanted and whatever he was thinking. Um, and I think that was very, very important to Patrice O'Neill's comedy and his career and his legacy. So 100% I agree with you. He was able to do stuff on our show that there's no way he could have done on regular radio, uh, on Tough Crowd, and many, many other places. We were in a unique situation, be it on uncensored satellite radio back in the day, before cancel culture, before the PC police uh, came after everybody. So one, I, I couldn't agree with you more, my friend. All right, guys. Uh, oh, it's still well. It's not really early. I gotta make my my daughter a in uh, a side bowl. If you need to know, uh, I gotta blend up some uh, and sneak those vegetables in. Oh, hi. Here, here's your side bowl. It's uh, you know, it's the side berry and it's uh, banana. And uh, you can see there's some strawberries in there and orange juice. And then I make her look the other way as I'm just shoving spinach and kale into the blender. Radio, 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 radio. Boo, boo, 